Welcome to the Onyx Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dixie Cochran, here with Danielle Lozon. Hello. And Eddie Webb. Buongiorno. It's been a minute since it's been a three of us recording. I'm pretty excited to be here. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually can't remember the last time it was this specific configuration of people. Or really, yeah. even a three-person podcast pathcast to begin with, honestly. <laughs> I don't remember anything. Nothing. <laughs> Accurate, accurate. Brain, that too. brain empty. Brain empty, no thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is exciting when we have to do things like write books and read them. <laughs> I just don't even, I just skim over the words. They're not important, really. Oh, okay. So the writing that I have to do for you, I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> yeah, just form Ipsum. Just put it all in there. I won't even notice, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just, just going to copy and paste text from somewhere else. It'll be fine. It'll be something <laughs> that I wrote, so I will, it will be plagiarism. But right. you know, <laughs> yeah, like, like from they came from or whatever, you know, it's fine. Yeah, I'll just send you the 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 text of that one anima chapter. It'll, it'll be great. Game. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll <laughs> it'll fit right into Pugmire with all of the video games and you know technology and humans. <laughs> Speaking of video games, technology and humans, let's 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 do the digression right off the bat here. Wow. Um, uh, many years ago, my mm-hmm. colleagues who we've all worked on anima. Um, I, I believe both of you, but I know definitely Dixie highly recommended the Otherland books to me by Ted Williams. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. Some of my As, favorite books of all time. Um, and uh, there was a sale on looks like most, if not all, of Ted Williams' books as ebooks for like mm-hmm. fourteen quid. So I was like, sure, why not? Uh, and so I was like, I'll start reading Otherland. Why not? And I was like, we just finished the Anima. I'll start reading it. Uh, I am like. 400 pages into it already <laughs> it's really good it really is right like um it was I, I totally get now why you recommended it because it absolutely has that there's a weird mystery happening in vr and yep. people are bouncing, are bouncing between vr and the real world trying to figure out what's going on I'm like oh this is exactly like if i had read this before anima i would have felt like i was ripping off other lands it was that strong of a resonance i mean that's 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 really why when you asked for rough like for you know inspirations yeah. that was the one that i'm like if you don't take any of my other inspirations you have to put this in the book like you yeah. you, you you absolutely have to because i've read these books a couple times at least i devoured them the first time much like you are currently doing where I, mm-hmm. I i started reading it and i was like this is compelling i have to keep reading this and part of it is obviously the video game MMO. There's all kinds of different things happening in in VR, um, mm-hmm. but but also just the fact that the main cast is diverse and interesting. Yeah. Like yeah. your main characters, neither of them are white men. Your two mm-hmm. main characters, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it 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 starts off in in South Africa, mm-hmm. um, which is a place that like. Not much fantasy or sci-fi takes place there that I've read. Like not 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 much famous stuff, you know. Yeah. Aside from maybe the like Neil Blomkist movies, mm-hmm. but like I loved that it was you know exposing me to a place I didn't know as much about. It actually deals with some of the politics of South Africa yeah. as they relate to you know black people who live there, etc. Mm-hmm. But it also has which which has overtones of Cascade. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that Cascade has some political stuff going on that maybe we should talk about. Uh, so, yeah, like, I am glad that I was just writing the MMO part of Anima because I probably would have also been a little too inspired by other land <laughs> if I was writing, like, Cascade. Um, 
but no, I, I, I freaking love those books. I love Rini. Um, yeah, everything about well, them is good. Honestly, I had been nervous because I had been warned many years ago that Tan Williams writes, writes very long, slow-burning books. Uh, and mostly fantasy, and I was like, you know, I, I've just never really been a fan of the person who picks mm-hmm. like a seven hundred page fantasy book and, and reads it. It's just not that particular kind of the the doorstop fantasy genre is not something I've ever been really gravitated to. Right. Uh, um. And, and because of the ebook, I didn't realize initially when I was reading it how long it was. I was just like, oh, I pulled the file, start reading it, and then it's like nine hundred pages. Um, yeah, they're like they're like you know three inch thick paperbacks. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're 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 hefty. Yeah. But um, kind of relating to to RPGs now, um, I actually really like that he took the time to carefully build the world and build the mystery because if it had just been, we're just happening, let's jack in and find out what's going on, that's valuable, that, that, that's a, value, a valid approach if you want to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like it would have just been like generic cyberpunk mystery. Uh, but because he's spending the time, there's a lot of, well, lots of spoilers, I'll just say that there are a lot of emotional stakes yeah. around the mystery. There's a lot. And so it's not just there's a weird thing happening, but also, and it ties to my motivations. It ties to, or in Trinity terms, it would be my aspirations. Um, and so there, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's, a, there's an emotional reason to figure out what's going on as well. And also it holds a very kind of classic cyberpunk method of, particularly William Gibson, of, we're going to have a whole bunch of viewpoint characters. We're going to alternate chapters between those viewpoint characters, and they're slowly going to start to come together. Yeah, which which also made me think a lot about things like anima and various RPGs, is because you have this kind of like misfit band of characters, and it feels very much like characters people created separately, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of get their their backstories, their motivations before you put them together as a party who has right. to go solve problems. And there, there are some interesting twists. There's a, a a very prominent disabled character, which also doesn't happen very often in these sorts of books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 super 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 good, and has many twists and turns before you get to the end of book four. Uh, and like to your Tad Tad Williams thing, I I bounce off of some of his stuff. Like I like Tail Chaser's song because it's about cats. I, he has a standalone book that is like a kind of urban fantasy fae thing. I forgot what it's called, but I liked that one. But I tried to read um, The Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn and just kind of was like, this is a generic long fantasy book. I cannot enjoy this. So I, I, I get what you're saying because he is very like hit or miss for me in terms of like sometimes it is just like a doorstopper fantasy book that I... I tried and couldn't get into, but then sometimes right. it's other land and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I want to read all of this. Yeah. And also reading it. I won't spend all the time talking about this, but I just want to say, um, uh, reading, it was written in the late mid nineties. I'm reading it now in 2023 mm-hmm. and it has aged surprisingly well. Yeah. I mean, I read it for the first time in like 2012 and yeah, I, I, I don't remember being like, this is dated, you know, it, it's, it's actually, there's a weird bit, um, in the sense of there's a bit that, for a moment had aged badly and then has now turned around and aged well again because uh, one of the, the minor conceits, extremely minor spoiler, um, but is that you have to pay for your online time mm-hmm. uh, in this world. And so in the 90s, that was very much a dig at like AOL and other kind of online mm-hmm. services where you paid by the minute to log in. Right. But you also see in like uh, a bit of Snow Crash. 
Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then, but now we've come back around to where uh, the fluctuating internet prices and how um, higher speeds you have to pay more to get higher speeds and whatnot. So because of the way he writes it, that still feels very resident and fresh for today, even though uh, uh, it was it was a dig at a very different kind of internet culture in the mid nineties, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which says something about us as a culture, I think. That's interesting. I, I have not read those books in a while, and I probably should reread them because they've been on my mind off and on since we were writing Anima. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and now that you're reading them, I'm kind of like, should I reread them? It's, it's been a hot minute. I have like, you know, I can remember the basic overarching plot and I can remember beats, but not like the whole book, obviously. And so I'm like, I might need to reread those because I love them. And it's been a minute. So far, I've been enjoying them. Uh, but anyway, that is not what we're here to talk about. No, is it, it is not. But that's okay. <laughs> what, what, are, Dixie, what are we here to talk about? <laughs> I will tell you in one second. I was going to say, though, I do oh. like it and we can elaborate on our inspirations for books. Because usually in books, we get like a paragraph, right? To yeah. be like, here's why this is good inspiration for this. Please read it. And getting to actually right. like elaborate on that a little bit is, is fun. Uh, on, at some point, it, maybe as a future podcast episode, it might be interesting to do like a, a book club where we talk about some of the inspirations. We did get Gamer 2 and talk about the inspirations and dig a little more into why those inspirations. Yeah, I'd be into that. Also, Klaus has opinions. Klaus has, Klaus, opinions. Klaus has so many opinions on books. He's, he's an avid reader. <laughs> oh, yeah? You're an eight and a half month old duck? He, he, he tears through books. Literally. He does tear through books. Yes, absolutely. Books and CDs, as we learned previously. So he's a patron of the arts. <laughs> <laughs> so we realized it's been a minute since we did one of our favorite things, which is five minute pitches. Um, Longtime listeners might realize or might remember this is where the world below came from, was mm -hmm. us doing these random generator pitches. And rather than make one person do all of the random generator pitches, we are going to give them to each other this time uh, to try to make a game out of a couple of prompts. Uh, we are using a generator called Let's Make a Game.net, um, which gives you game ideas. They are more for video games. Uh, but if you take out the genre, which usually is like, you know, rhythm or bullet hell or RPG or whatever, I mean, RPG would work, but the other ones wouldn't. Uh, but just use the the rule setting and theme. Uh, they work really well for TTRPGs. Um, so Eddie's going to be up first, and I'm going to give him a prompt. Yes, also, the... I, I, I just had to get a timer ready, too, so... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you, are you, are you, are you timing yourself? No, no, I'm just well, ready for when time... my turn. Yeah, let me grab a five-minute timer. Whoever is giving the prompt should probably also be in charge of okay. the Okay, I will, I will find a timer as well. I'm just using the, the clock on Windows. If you just Google timer on Google, it immediately gives you a five-minute timer, and that's weird. Oh, well, there we go. Thank you, Google. Totally not okay. reading your brain. And you can see it in the tab up top. Huh. 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 Nifty. All right. So, Eddie, yes. your prompt, prompt for a game. Okay. The setting is prehistoric. Uh-huh. The theme is survival. Uh -huh. And your rule is that death is good. So, survival game where death is good, huh? Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> all okay. right. So, prehistoric. Well, that's tricky. That's a tr I had an idea, but then I was okay. So, the my, the current idea I'm thinking of is let's call it Elephant Graveyard. The idea okay. is that you are actually trying to create a small village of ghosts, and 
mm-hmm. you need to try to make sure that your little ghost necropolis village is 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 thriving. Um, so it's uh, maybe a little bit of community building a la the world below, or you know, if we go a different direction, um, might be kind of more of a four X game where you kind of have to explore. But um, you have to try to get souls of people who have recently died before their soul passes on. So, so you want people near you to die, but you want them to die in a very specific window of time. Okay. How does this contribute to your survival? Well, you, you, the community has to grow and thrive by having more and more ghosts. So right. what, 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 what do they use these ghosts for then? No, I mean the ghosts are the people who live in the village. Oh. Right, right the ghosts are the villagers. Um, and also on top of that, you have to also manage all of their particular interests to keep them on this plane. So there's lots of like, you know, um, I need to spend time getting more villager, more dead, more ghost villagers for the village. But also we need to make sure that like Sally has a chance to hunt down the saber tooth tiger that killed her. And also that, that Fred has a chance to, you know, you know, come to terms with the person he used to love. So there's, there's a combination of the, the personal side quests of each individual villager, but also make sure you're adding more villagers because otherwise if they don't get their side quests. They're going to move on to the next plan, which means you have less villagers in your village. Oh, so in, in this game, are you playing a ghost or are you playing like a benevolent God? I'm thinking you're probably playing a benevolent God. The curator. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. 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 yeah you're, you're, you're the, the, the death God of this prehistoric pantheon and trying to keep a little kind of i don't know i just had the idea of like a ghost village and like in my head the art style is very kind of chibi you know like it, it's like you know ghosts with big eyes and 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 you know there are lots of different very expressive so they're they're they're, they're friendly casper like ghosts um it's like stardew spooky. valley but spookier right exactly yeah um kind of goth that the goth star starview valley is probably a good starting point <laughs> i love it i love it um but you know like you just kind of just don't talk about the fact that you have to murder a lot of people to keep your your stuff going but again if it's prehistoric then you can probably lean more on natural disasters and it's like you know uh, dying from from illness or animal attacks or dinosaurs or whatever i know dinosaurs didn't exist whatever um uh, I mean, uh, it's it's your game. You can make dinosaurs and people happen at the same time. Right. right. I'm, 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 well, I was going to say, are they people or are they... Actually, that could be interesting. What if they're animals? Animals, yeah. Animal ghosts. Dinosaur ghosts. Mm-hmm. And that, 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 no, okay, now that's actually interesting. Um, is that maybe the, <laughs> the, the village elders are actually dinosaur ghosts, dinosaur spirits. Um, and, and they're trying to get younger people into the, the village. That might be an interesting twist. Have a little kind of like T-Rex, you know, with a, with a walking cane kind of being the village <laughs> elder. Amazing. <laughs> so are they anthropomorphic dinosaurs? They are now. Uh, yes. Okay, okay. As long as one of them has a little hat, that's, that's all I care about. I want right. like a little compy with a hat. Uh, uh, for some reason, he's a monocle because I don't know. Monocles were invented by dinosaurs. We just didn't talk about that. Uh-huh. Well, you've got 30 seconds to add anything else to this pitch. Um, also, what's it called? We always ask that uh, question. I, I, yeah, I start with the elephant graveyard, but obviously that doesn't work anymore. Okay. Um, um, Village of the Dams? No, that sounds too dark. 
I think like the name is going to be the hardest part because you want to get that kind of fun death vibe. Um, fun death vibe is my entire aesthetic. Ghost Village? We'll go with Ghost Village for right now. I'll, I'm sure it's a better one later, but that's Ghost Village for right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's probably my time. That is time. Google's timer works, but doesn't like make a noise or anything when it goes off. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. I'm going to use my phone timer then when it's my turn. I mean, I, I could just go, you know. <laughs> there, you like use the little here. Isn't there like a soundboard? Yeah, there's like a soundboard on here. Like a little. Yeah, there you go. That's true. That's true. You could go. actually use the, the Discord yeah. soundboard. Yeah, it's just, I don't think Craig picks up the soundboard. Oh, I don't know if he does. So for those who don't know, we just heard an air horn and a sad trombone. Uh, but maybe it did show up, and in in which case I'll know when I'm editing this. Yeah, and we'll learn something for future reference. It's yeah. true. It's true. We will. Uh, Craig okay. should pick it up. Damn it, Craig! If, if you don't pick this up, I'm gonna be sad. Craig is the worst. <laughs> I will be okay. disappointed in you, Craig, and that's the worst thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm not mad. I'm just, as you know, I'm kind of mad. Okay. <laughs> D, are you ready? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Okay, so uh, your theme is spy thriller. Uh, your setting is Lovecraftian, and your rule is nothing is permanent. Oh, okay. Um, so you are in a time loop. Oh. It is a, a heist game. Uh, well, it's not a heist game in in so much as it is a time loop that you are spies, and you're trying to uncover the secret of the, the whatever the big creepy organization is. I don't have a name for the big creepy organization yet, but there is some big creepy organization that you are investigating spying on and you're trying to get evidence to take that place down, to bring it down from the inside or the outside. Um, but you've infiltrated this place and every you have a set amount of time, like real world time, to do all of the actions that you're going to do before the game resets and you have to start over. So anything you learn, anything you, um, uh, anything you did essentially gets undone. Um, so if you knocked out a guard or you, uh, in, you know, infiltrated and stole evidence or wiped computers or anything like that, that all gets reset. Mm-hmm. But of course, your players, so you know the the information that you learned the first time through. And every time you go through in the time loop, you get more and more information. And the goal of the game is to discover or finish, you know, getting the information, the evidence that you need before the end of the world. Um, and you don't necessarily know when the world is going to end. So your antagonists are cultists mm-hmm. who are trying to bring about the end of the world. And they're part of this big creepy organization. And so they are also in a time loop. And so they are also learning and changing with you as you go. So any tactic that you used previously, you probably can't use again because they will be prepared for it. Oh, so so they're also in the time loop. 
Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. That's interesting. So it's not just like you're not trying – it's not like re speed running this where it's like I just keep doing it and doing it and doing it so I get faster and faster at it. it everybody else also remembers and resets. Yeah, well, the cultists do. So like there oh, will okay. be there will be specific named NPCs who are cultists and those people will remember everything just the way you do. But then there will be extras who they're just part of the time loop. They don't remember anything. They're essentially scenery. I got some Mummy the Curse 2E vibes. I like it. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? What about name? That same website has a name generator. And oh. uh, I'm going to generate a name. <laughs> and uh, this this name generator just gave me revolt of execution. That's which not terrible actually. Which is not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm going with. So is that the the the, the game title generator? Yeah, I'm also yeah. Use that to name my games. Yeah, <laughs> I had to do mine. I had to think one. I also got a planet <laughs> name generator and a star name generator. I think it's yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, you still have a minute left if you want to add more to the game, or are you pretty happy with that pitch? Um, you know, the only thing that I might add is, you know, that as you go through, like, at first, it's very surface, like, this is just an organization. We are just doing our infiltration spy work. Um, but every time you do in the go in the time loop, weirder and weirder things are going on. Um, and the, like it becomes more and more evident that this is not a just normal organization. This is now becoming more and more evident that there's some eldritch horror bullshit going on. So I'm, what I'm hearing is like the first time, maybe even the players don't realize there's time loop going on. Yes. Yes. I mean, maybe the players do because this is a, a game that you can't like say, we're going to play this game. Ha ha. Don't read it first. Um, <laughs> Well, sure, okay, but the, the characters won't be. Okay. The characters have no idea, yeah. I mean, you can say that. We asked people not to read the Setting Secrets chapter in Anima, and a lot of them complied, so. That's true. That's, that's real. I mean, I definitely, uh... Oh, there's time. Never mind. We can continue our tiny sidebar. <laughs> no. Time. We always nope. have. No. no. <laughs> it's against the and rules changed made up. five-minute pitches into a five-minute dictatorship. <laughs> no, it's fine. You can finish your sidebar. I I don't remember it now. Uh, anima people not talking about setting secrets. Oh yeah, I was thinking, but like essentially the whole premise of the game would have to be like clouded, and I don't know how you would get people to play a spy thriller Cthulhu game. Oh yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I would never play a spy thriller Cthulhu game, except that I absolutely would. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but you, yeah, I, I don't know. You like the how do you play and all this stuff, and that it's not in a you know you don't realize it's a time loop. I guess that that part of it could be. That's what I'm thinking. Is like is like eighty percent of the game is like going. It's 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 uh, eldritch horror spy thriller, mm. and just being able to say there's going to be a twist at some point in time in the game, and let's see what twist is now. So. Letting them be aware that something's about to change about the game. Because that's something I've been thinking about. Now we're off topic, but something about in general is how do you pitch or present a game to someone with a uh, where the game is not what it appears to be? How much mm -hmm. you tell players ahead of time is like how much of that is spoiler and how much of that mm -hmm. is consent. There, there's, there's a tricky balance there with tabletop role playing games. Um, 
I know one bad example of that is I ran a Star Wars game that turned out to be a Call of Cthulhu game. I did not tell the players that, and they were very angry at me when they realized that that was not the game they signed up for because they wanted it to be big action space heroes, and that was not the game I was presenting. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's not that was not a good example, but I mean, like something like, you know, say Anima. Um, mm-hmm. You know, being able to say, okay, it's a it's a cyberpunk game. There's an MMO component. There's a third layer that we will not talk about right now, but it is coming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but I could also see just, hey, this is a time loop game, but act surprised. You know, act surprised. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just think as long as the basic like theme and setting are presented, you know, accurately. It's not as big of a deal if there are twists. Because, like, yeah, Star Wars to Cthulhu was a big leap, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I go into a Star Wars game thinking, like, yeah, we're going to be rebels or Jedi and we're going to overthrow the bad guys. And it's going to be a very, like, you know, kind of morally black and white world <laughs> in which right. we are we are good guys and they are bad guys. And then you start putting in Cthulhu and Cosmic Horror and it's like, well, now... Now I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, this is not the character I made. Because right. I, have, I have played in games like that, where, like, I went in with one expectation of, like, oh, we're just playing, you know, D&D. You're going to be a party of heroes. Right. And then they tried to make it, like, a, like, moral story about, you know, et- ethics and monsters and whatever. And I'm like, I would have played that, too, if I had known. <laughs> But the like chaotic good paladin I made is not here for this. <laughs> right, right. There, there, it's just a, the wrong character. Of, there's an amount of that feels more like bait and switch, right? And that that's right. not a good thing. Um, but setting secrets that's always kind of a, a tricky thing. Like sometimes it's, the game is enhanced if you don't if the players are a little off mm-hmm. too. But yeah, there's always a tricky thing about bait and switch. So that's an interesting design problem for that game to have is like how much of that and probably I would suspect in the GM chat to be some form of you could present it this way, present it this way, right. present it this way. Here's some options. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. All right. Dixie, are you ready to generate your five minute? I'm, I'm game? never ready for these, but yes. All right. <laughs> so your theme is one against the world. Okay. Your setting is utopia. <laughs> okay. And your rule is inconvenient superpowers. <laughs> okay, so one against the world, but it's a utopia. So I'm going to go ahead and say this is probably a solo RPG. Or okay. it's an RPG in the vein of A Bluebeard's Bride, where you're all playing the same person. Okay. Like, okay. There, is th- there is one central character, right? Sure. Uh, because it's a utopia, there really isn't, like, war and stuff to deal with, but you just have to navigate the world and navigate life. Because in a utopia, you know, I'm assuming you still have to, like, pick flowers or harvest food or whatever. Um, sure. So the, you know, against the world is more of navigating the world. Uh, and inconvenient superpowers. God, what's what's a good inconvenient superpower? Maybe everybody who's playing. So yeah, so we're 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 gonna go with like multiple people playing the same character, different mm-hmm. elements of their psyche, or like one person controls, you know, their movement. One person controls some of their speech, or you have to vote on their speech. Maybe I'd have to really workshop this one because it's kind of an experimental game at this point. Wow, <laughs> yeah. Um. 
But we all know it can be done because of games like Bluebeard's Bride, where you're all yeah. playing aspects of the same person. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is a, a, a happier version, aside from the fact that in this utopia, you are the one person who has inconvenient superpowers. And I would say there is a list of superpowers, and mm -hmm. every player has one of them. Okay. Um, so it's kind of your like basic superpowers, like there's invisibility, there's the ability to fly, uh, there are, you know, you can shoot lasers out of your eyeballs, I don't know, whatever your kind of basic X-Men powers are. Um, but the other players activate them mm. in, in, in order to maybe take over as like the, the lead person. There's gotta be a way to like, yeah, there's like gotta be a way to make it so the, the like either it's, it's, it's random in a chaos magic kind of way, or the players have to kind of like take over, uh, to be the like forefront person in there because I, I i don't want to make it like a disassociative identity game obviously that's that's not cool sure, um, sure. so it's it, it's more about playing different elements of this person so like one person is more emotional one person is more rational one person is the you know constant voice of reason one person is your essentially id that's like go eat candy and forget your quest um yeah. but they have to work together yeah, I mean, it could be like a passing of the spotlight of like which, you know, which trait is guiding the actions at the moment. Yeah. And, and you're like, essentially, I want to be able to have, you know, my anger guide my guide the this person's actions right now. And so I'm going to activate invisibility because <laughs> that's the superpower I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I was thinking of... um uh, the game inspectors and where you can jump in to do a like mm -hmm. talking head situation mm. um, as if you were in a reality t TV show and sure. you can change what's about to happen by doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. OK, because uh, that's 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 a very cool mechanic that I wish we had more of. I actually first played that game with Eddie and uh, Rose Bailey yeah. many, many years ago. Um, but I, I distinctly remember the first time I invoked it was Eddie was talking to, I think, a librarian or a guard at the library. And I hit the table and I was like, and that's when he got the cops called on us. And then Eddie <laughs> had to role play doing something so awkward and weird that it would get the cops called on us. Amazing. So actually, uh, uh, now that you say this, I'm getting some Disco Elysium vibes, too. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Like that's 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 a game that has definitely done the like internal voices probably the best in terms of like a video game. Uh, partially because you have twenty of them. You're, you're running out of time. What would the name of this game be? Oh, I gotta I gotta use my title generator. Okay. <laughs> well, the first one I came up with was Dragon Emergency. I don't think that's correct. Dragon Emergency. Uh, let's let's go with uh the one I just came up with, which is Castle Mind. Because okay, okay. your mind is a castle full of people. Oh, yeah, sure. All right. I, um, like, I, I have to really workshop that one to make it a, a viable RPG. But, yeah. but right. like, basic ideas are there. And like, like you said, Eddie, like, Disco Elysium is great because you've got, I think, what, 24 different things talking to you? Right. Because right. it's like four sets of six. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I will tell you that I also hit the generate button on the, the game generator like while I was I was just playing with it while you were talking uh -huh. and uh -huh. I got solitary cry 
Oh, <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that would be good. I mean, I, I just had generate and gotten nuclear vampire yoga. So I think I just have to make that game right now. Wow. Or so good. How about chillin' beautician world? And literally it says chillin' with a, with a, chillin with a little apostrophe. Amazing. Yeah. I, I almost feel like next time we do this, we should just generate the name and say, okay, make a whole game based with this name. Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of into that. Because uh, I just I just got kinky cross-dressing in the Third Reich. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, that's a heavy game with a lot right? of implications. Right? I'm just like, I kind of do and don't want to make that game at the same time. <laughs> wow. Thanks, name generator. Wow. <laughs> name, name generator is making me think about existential things right now. Right. Um, Eddie. Yes. Would you like another game? I would like another game. So, your theme is urban legend. Okay. Your setting is cyberpunk. Okay. And your rule is that nothing is permanent. Okay. <laughs> my, my, my glib answer is, oh, so it's Anima. No. Um, <laughs> uh, to, to, to play more fairly, um, I'm thinking the idea is <laughs> um, you are investigators in a kind of cyberpunk world. Um, so you're, you're kind of like not the traditional edge runners or anything like that, but more um, you're private investigators. So it's like you, you, you're hired to look into to mysteries in a, in a cyberpunk universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you are drawn into looking into the, these, these urban myths. Uh, so you are um, investigating things like uh, 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 Chupacabra, uh, Mothman, what have you, in this kind of strange uh, cyberpunk. That's not strange, but like, you know, just it's near future setting. Um, so you have technology that's a little more available to you. Um, mm-hmm. the, the problem is, is that once you investigate these myths and find out if they are uh, true or not, um, if they were true, they stop being true. Okay. So uh, by investigating these myths, you're also slowly destroying them because that's interesting. They can't exist under scrutiny, and in this near future. Scrutiny is very easy to accomplish. You know, everyone has cameras on their phones. Everyone's jacked into each other. Information is shared very easily. Uh, so they can't hide in the margins. So it's a game about – it's a mystery game about the slow erosion of mystery. Oh. Things are harder to be mysterious. Oh, uh, interesting. Reminds me a little bit of like the Changeling, the Dreaming, banality situation. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. Um, uh, uh, also kind of – um, the a little bit of technology eroding your livelihood kind of metaphor. Um, insert AI concerns here. Uh, so I mean, it, it's it's the, as a design. I'm thinking the idea is that players pitch here are the things that I want to you know my my, my I, I believe that my father was, was was killed by the Jersey Devil or mm-hmm. um uh. I grew up always believing that, um, you know, that my family were 
chased by banshees or whatever. And so you have to check those off your list. And slowly it's kind of that kind of Scooby-Doo thing of it's fun. We find out, you know, who's underneath the mask. But maybe that's exceeded the game is that each of there, there's never a supernatural answer. Maybe that's exceeded the game. Um, and so you slowly just become more blasé about this. And eventually you you stop. Eventually it's the why are we still doing this? Because it's never the, the mystery of the world is slowly eroded. So I suspect it's a game with a time limit, right? Like there's a um maybe a ten candles esque vibe of eventually oh, yeah. the end point. Um as you slowly watch the mystery dying out in the world. So it's a bit of a bleak game. But and also I kinda like that though. It's 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 it sounds like it's also a game kind of about like growing up. You know, like... yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, it, it's it's a game of of, of uh, a metaphor for adolescence in terms. of, Yeah, certainly you have to join the real world at some point in time. Um, but the more I talk about it, cyberpunk Scooby Doo, actually does sound like a pretty neat idea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you even have a uplifted dog coming with you, talking on your adventures. Scooby Great. Run, Cyber Dog, <laughs> Cyberpug. <laughs> 3030. There you go. There's the premise <laughs> for Cyberpug. There you go. See, I've just, I've just made Cyberpug. That's all that's happened. Yeah. Those are my only two games I can make. Yeah. <laughs> you have about 30 seconds left. So you're going to title it? Uh, oh, yeah. Name generator. Quick, 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 quick. Monster Jackhammer Shack. No. You just went with the first one? <laughs> Actually, Ember Force is not bad. Ember Force. Ember I like Force. That. Like is each, anybody you call the, each of these creatures embers is anybody paying attention to what our names are i don't because i'm bad at remembering stuff like this no but i mean I'll, I'll i'll put it in the show notes it'll be fine okay as a side notes for, for listeners um uh we have a, a discord channel where we talk uh text each other during the recording and so it's really hard to think of a name where you just see a whole bunch of random game names being shoved into a channel <laughs> okay but some of these names are really good, all right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Dee and I have been just putting names on the channel so Matthew can see them. I, I, I am a big fan of Bewildering Pony Groove. <laughs> okay, so these are the ones that we found. I'm just going to go through the list really quick, and then Eddie can give me my prompt. Uh, we got Nuclear Vampire Yoga, <laughs> Nudist Pirate Hunt, My First Volleyball Revenge, which is the best manga. <laughs> yes. Emo Mahjong Roundup. <laughs> the Infernal Bubblegum Legend. <laughs> Bewildering Pony Groove. Creepy Police Basketball. Generic Spelling Task Force. And Distinguished Dodgeball Country. I also just got one. I've I've been hitting the degenerate button over and over again. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I just got one called Vampire Conflict, and I'm like, oh, we should just re rename Vampires Masquerade. Vampire, Vampire Conflict. Conflict. That's our. That's the uh, the super generic like um, wish version of Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> I also just got Deranged Paintball Dance Party. Which I think is pretty great. Okay, yeah, no, I could just generate random names all day. You were talking to the ADHD person who was way too into Inspirobot when it dropped. So, like, oh, I could just oh, no. click this button for t 10 hours today oh, and just no. giggle the whole time. So, I need to not won't do get that. weird on you. Inspirobot would get weird if you clicked it too much. It would, it like, would but I liked it. it was I, I did, too. I was working at the comic shop, so to be fair, I had very little to do during the day. 
Um, oh, so yeah, me and my coworker would just sit there behind the counter and just click refresh on InspireBot on our phones. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and then send each other the best ones. Right. All right. Awesome. Okay, my turn. Yes, I, or sorry, my, my turn for Danielle. Yes. Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay. Your theme is individual versus society. Uh, your setting is simulated reality, but your rule is one hit point. Okay, so this is like the Matrix on hard mode, yes, or yes. or God mode, or whatever, right? Like, it it is the Matrix meets Fire Emblem. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> okay, so simulated reality. Um. Let's let's pull ourselves away from the Matrix there. So it's an individual versus society. Um, so I'm going to still make this a team game. You are in individual, you are individuals of versus society. Um, I'm going to go with a more like the Truman show where mm. everyone is like, there's a, a very large group of people who have been raised and, essentially completely isolated in a dome uh, and made to believe that this is the real world. Okay. And there is a small group of you who have come to realize that this is a simulation, that none of this mm -hmm. is real, that no, your no. life is completely manufactured and that there is a real world outside your bubble. Um, mm -hmm. And you are trying to prove it to everyone to create an uprising. But the one hit point thing comes in of it's not a, a game where you get into fights. In fact, if wow. you get caught doing this uprising or whatever, you you get killed. So the combat system is if you get into combat, you die. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh so the so the the challenge of the game is to figure out ways to do um, you know, propaganda subvert propaganda, subvert the system, get information to people secretly, uh, have secret meetings, escape. Uh, you know, if those secret meetings get interrupted, you've got to escape without fighting. So every time there's a situation or a conflict, you have to figure out a way to solve those conflicts without getting into a fight. So... Mm -hmm. Your, your skills will be things like, you know, slipping away unnoticed. Like, those are the things you're going to be good at. Um, persuading other people, lying really well, buying in to the, the facade, pretending mm -hmm. like you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, these are going to be the things that you are good at. And if you, you know, and... And it won't be like you die, but you may get uh, essentially taken out and maybe like put to a, a reprogramming container or something like that. Yeah, I was going to say maybe they can like reprogram you or yeah. like wipe your memory or whatever. So you don't like die, but you, you come back and you're kind of back at square one. Right. Yeah. And maybe the whole thing is a simulation that is built to test a specific societal thing. Mm-hmm. So it may not even be being run by uh, a, a 
group of people or anything. It could be being run by like an AI. Um, there are, there's a couple of media things that this makes me think of. And I can't for the life of me, remember the freaking it was a movie oh, that was kind of like a little noir. Oh, um, no, I'm blanking on too, but I'm, I'm, I'm also in the prisoner, uh, Westworld to a degree, but, but, uh, uh dark something, dark city? dark city, dark city. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so some dark city vibes, uh, where your, you know, you, your group is the only one who knows that like you, you can't go on a vacation to the ocean. There is no fucking ocean. Right. right. The sunsets aren't real. Like, you know, things like that. And so, uh, you're trying to, you know, everything you do though is, is trying to break free of this simulation and and find out what's really on the other side so the setting is very different this has um super big thematic comparisons to uh silo and and wool but mm. silo is the tv show on apple tv plus uh, yeah, based yeah, on yeah. a book called wool that i very much enjoyed um I don't want to say any more than that because it's so good that I don't want to give spoilers. Yeah. But a lot of it is about like questioning your reality and like trying to figure out what's actually going on. All right. So sidebar has taken us over time, but um, okay. Uh, what what name? All right. Let me. Or I'm actually just spam it until you find a good name. Yeah. Well, I was, the first one that came up was called Far Plan. Oh, hmm. Okay. Which isn't bad. It's way better than nostalgic ostrich fantasy. <laughs> Oh no, but I just got dead state. That's what it is. Dead oh, state. Yeah. Okay. Dead state. I I just got an cursed edge, which I also thought worked for it. Yeah. Um, I finally remembered a thing that I was gonna say I mentioned. It also reminded me of the big O, the conceit of the big O is that it's a, it's called the city of oh, amnesia yeah. because everyone has no memory beyond forty years. So mm-hmm. it's another kind of idea of you know, trying to get everyone to to, to recognize the common conceit they're in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It tells them all times I've done one of these because my brain just keeps like locking up. It's like, how do you, how do word, how do, how do, how do podcast wording work? Uh, how to podcast word. I just got a uh, planet of the bomb from hell. So, oh, you know, glad that's <laughs> from hell. All right, Dixie, yes. are you, am I, but are you ready for, no, mm. I can't use that one. Okay. All right. We're going to go with this one instead. Am I ready for a game jam? All right. Uh, so the theme is search for identity. Will you give me the, the weird esoteric ones? Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, the setting is medieval. Okay, okay, okay. And the rule is safe in the dark. Oh, weird! I had that rule pulled up for Eddie's next one. I'm going to change it now. <laughs> so medieval. We're going to go ahead and just say it's fantasy because uh, medieval sure. fantasy is a genre most people are familiar with. Um, and you are playing, I, I would say, you know, normal medieval people who call them peasants, but that often has a derogatory thing I'm not really going with, but you're, you're playing regular people, not, not nobles, but you know that if you just go out there and find your fortune, you could become a noble. So it's not quite like D&D like where you're like, you know, oh, I'm going to hit level 10 and then I have all these nifty powers and people have to respect me. Um, It is more of like trying to secure your fortune to become 
a higher social strata. However, this is frowned upon by current nobles and and royalty and and whatever. Uh, but because it's medieval times and there's no electricity, they have trouble hunting you at night. Uh-huh. So at night is when you travel uh, because you are safe in the dark. And that also means that you end up kind of along the way befriending other sorts of creatures who roam in the dark because that's when they're safest. And so you end up in a world of vampires and banshees and ghosts and fae and other creatures who would also be hunted by these nobles. And even though originally you were just searching for kind of your fortune, you end up a part of a society that you did not even know existed before. Um, So, yeah. So you are like the only normal person among this society or your group? Your, your, your group is, but I would say that much like an isekai thing, you end up being changed by it. Mm. Um, So you'll acquire various powers um, and knowledges that will then help you, uh, if you would like, eventually, like, overthrow the, the terrible ruling dictator noble people who have been hunting you to prevent you from... Maybe, maybe they know that this exact thing is what would happen, and so they were trying to prevent you from ever reaching this point. Mm. But yeah. So yeah, it's like kind of a, a slow isekai. Yeah, okay. But a a a darkish version where you end up, you know, ma- making friends with with what people would consider are monsters, but I... they are not monsters because the true monster is man. Right. And I like that this ties into the search for identity because essentially like y- you had like this goal of s- seeking out your fortune, but mm-hmm. really what's happening is you're finding a found family. Yeah. Of yeah. people who you more relate with. Exactly. So yeah, mm-hmm. so you were going from, you know, being just normal folks, farmers, whatever, going about your day, to being like, you know, the a- adopted sister of a banshee, or working with the fae, and they can give you gifts, but maybe their gifts come with some drawbacks. I don't know, because that's what often happens in this kind of mythology. Maybe eventually you can't go out in the day anymore, even if it's not just vampires, you know? Mm. I, I like it. I could even see a fun little thing where, like, like um, traditional monster hunters, the kind of D&D style monster hunters actually show up and they're the antagonists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like you're, you know, little little echoes of, of like, you know, Beast of Primordial or other games where that's kind of how, how you're playing it. But, um, I don't know. I, I always like the, the found family against the, you know, dictatorship bad guys who are who, yeah. who, who, who think they're heroes maybe the ultimate villains in the game for your group are like the knights of the round table oh yeah that would be cool so i've been trying to find a name for this and uh i i don't think the german platypus unleashed works <laughs> but that was the most fun one i found i got a uh, ghost breed which is kind of cool but i'm not sure what i'd actually call this dream chase cursed harvest i'm getting fun ones but Nothing's quite there yet. I'm, I'm going to think about it. But I actually like this one. This one's kind of cool. You can you can go and end up being like a dragonborn by the end of your journey, you know? Yeah, I like that. I think we're out of time. I must confess that I completely forgot 
to set my timer. <laughs> it feels like five minutes. It feels Fun. like it's been five minutes. I just got the generated name Dance Dance Buddhist Vengeance. So. That's oh the name God. of this game. Clearly, that's exactly what this game's all about. Or Jedi Horse Racing Smackdown. These are great. I've just been hitting these for like the past well, 10 minutes and they're all amazing. I, I generated Solitary Curse. I like which that. May, I like that. Which may go well. So often we would go around for like three rounds of this. We're giving sidebars and we're almost an hour in. So I think we can just unpack what we've done. Yeah. To be fair, I also did do a 10 minute book club at the start. So you sure I like did. book club. Book club's great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I always think, I mean, not only is this a fun episode to always do, but also as a designer, I think it's a good exercise to be involved in. Um, because I have always been a strong proponent that good design comes with constraints. If, if you could do absolutely everything you want in a game, um, the game starts to feel muddy. But if you, if you have tight constraints, it, it encourages creativity and it encourages you to, to try to do things as a designer. So um, even if you do it, if you're interested in becoming a game designer, doing something like this where you find a generator and just go, okay, what kind of game can I make with this? You don't have to actually do anything with it but but it, it encourages you to think of new ideas and as we talked about earlier at the top of the show sometimes those ideas go somewhere like matthew pitched mm -hmm. the world below in a game like this mm -hmm. because there's constraints and now the world below exists and it's fantastic yeah exactly or you can make ego wagon deathmatch i just saw <laughs> i'm gonna pitch that to rich and see what he says <laughs> ego wagon death just, just I mean, the name I'm I'm already writing small time punching jamboree, so. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, like, for those who listen to you, like all of these episodes or even a couple of them, some of our ideas suck, and I think that like yeah. that's also something that as a creative you have to get used to. Yeah. Is that sometimes you write something that sucks, and sometimes you have an idea that sucks, and it's okay. Like you're 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 here to collaborate and get better and pitch better things or write better things, like. I have I have written sentences for Eddie that were not very good. <laughs> and he was like, Dixie, this sentence is not very good. And I was like, you were correct, sir. My brain was turned off by that point. Um, and then I wrote a better sentence. Like, that's that's part of this craft, you know? Certainly. I mean, I have uh, written stuff and then gotten red lines back and said, what did you mean by this? And look at it and go, I don't know what I meant by that. Oh, yeah. My favorite red line I ever got was on Anima, and it was from Eddie. <laughs> And at one point I had been writing and I clearly bounced to a different thing in the middle of writing. And what I had written was there are historical reasons to. And Eddie just <laughs> left a comment that said there are historical reasons to finish this sentence. Yes. Um, and I looked at it and I thought about it. And I said, I have no idea what I was writing there. And I'm just going to delete this. Because yep. I don't know what I was about to write when I left this weird sentence fragment. But sometimes when you're writing a longer piece, you do bounce from section to section a little bit. Like, you don't just sit down and write it all in order, usually. At least I don't. Um, you know, I will, I, I will write sections as they come to me or as they make sense. But then I will go through and, like, flush other things out. So, yeah, no, it was, um, it was very, very funny when I got that red line back and just kind of, like, looked at it like, I don't know what I was doing. But it clearly wasn't important because I didn't finish it, nor do I remember. Yeah, I think it's really important to to suck a little bit at whatever you're doing um, and to recognize when you suck because that helps you get better. Yeah, definitely. Right? Like you don't, nobody, 
nobody learns to run before they learn to crawl. Absolutely. Um, and, and you have to, you have to fall down a few times before you can even walk. So honestly, every time, you know, it's really satisfying to me to go look at some of my very early works and cringe a little bit, um, at what I wrote and be like, somebody hired me again after I wrote this. Um, because that helps me recognize that like, yeah, it, maybe it didn't suck, but like, it wasn't up to my current standards. And every time I do a project, I am getting better and better and better and better and honing my craft. And yes, your early stuff is gonna not be great. Even, even now I may make stuff that's total poop. That's okay. Yeah. Cause that's part of the creative process. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's why we have a development period and red lines and multiple drafts. And, you know, that is, that, that is why there is a process and peers to read our work so that we can get better. Indeed. Like so I am. Sorry, God. I was just gonna say, it's a, I mean, it, it, it's a fun exercise, but it also does help to train you to do things that are important as a creative. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, I think that if you're a game designer and if you're in this field, like, Everybody has 8,000 ideas a day of things they could do. You know, you like yeah. and you're like, that could be a game. That could be a power. That could be a, a, a setting. That could be whatever. Because once you start thinking in like game designer brain, it's hard to turn it off. Mm -hmm. um, so no matter if you're like playing a video game or doing whatever, watching TV, you're like, oh, that'd be a cool RPG character. You know, it's just it's, it's, it's a stray thought that you start having. I am sure that most players have that, too. They'll like watch a movie and be like, oh, that'd be a cool character to play, you know? If I base a character on that, whatever. Um, but a lot of those ideas aren't very good <laughs> or wouldn't be fun in practice. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that's fine. Not every idea has to become a book. And it's funny because, like, I, I, I think a lot of people misunderstand brainstorming uh, because mm -hmm. of this. Right? Like, a lot of people come to brainstorming and say, okay, we're going to brainstorm and we're going to write down all the ideas and then look at them equal. It's like, no, the idea, the point of brainstorming is to get the bad ideas out as fast as possible. Um, so you brainstorm, okay, well, we'll do this, 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 and then you go through, okay, then, then we actually triage them and go, okay, th these are all the terrible ideas, let's remove them, let's look, let's look at these interesting ones that came out. So this is, in a way, just kind of a fun, structured brainstorm. Yeah, I this, mean, this I've only gotten to ever do, you know, a, a, a couple of them in person, but we had the Onyx Path Summit at Midwinter that we used to do, mm -hmm. and one of the first things that we did at the Onyx Path Summit, which is like a, 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 a all-day meeting, right? Mm -hmm was we wrote down a million things on post-it notes and put them all on the wall yep. and looked at them mm -hmm. and then got rid of a lot of them, you know? But there were a lot of just us having ideas and putting them on post-its, we put them on the wall. And then we would kind of, uh, like, arrange them and look at them and go through them. And and it, it, that that was our chance to essentially brainstorm for the following year yep. of, like, what, what Onyx Path could be doing. And some of those ideas were not good. Like some of the ideas oh. I put on the wall were not good. That's fine. They were just ideas. <laughs> not not all ideas have to be good ideas immediately. Right. I ideas are ephemeral. They're easy to make, um, which means that people say, "I'm an idea guy." Okay, that's that's the lowest hanging fruit of the creative industry. But at the same time, you know, don't get mad when your idea gets crushed. Just just make new ones. Just keep making them. I will say, as as a a tiny piece of advice to anybody pitching anything, if you say essentially like i'm an ideas person and that's your entire contribution that Oof. that's not much no. that's that's a <laughs> big old oof 
every now and then we get like emails or people talking to us in person or on social media. They're like, you know, oh, I don't write or draw or do mechanics or anything, but I, I have ideas. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's not worth much. I'm sorry. Yeah. Cause implementing the ideas is what makes it, is, is, it is what makes you a game designer, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, to quote one of my favorite movies of all time, Empire Records. Who knows where thoughts come from? They just appear. And it's true. Thoughts are free. Thoughts are free. <laughs> thoughts are free. All right. Do we have any uh, last minute thoughts about any of these games we just made or any of the 8 million titles that D and I have put into the chat? <laughs> so talking? Uh, the only names I wrote down are Eddie's Emberforce, mm-hmm. which is the game. I don't even remember what that game was. No, that was the uh, Cyberpunk. Uh, oh, yes. Game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my Dead State, which was the the virtual reality mm-hmm. uh, breakout game. I like that game. one. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Dixie's Solitary Curse, which is the, the you're a, a non-fantasy midi- creature in a medieval place that is becoming a fantasy creature because they are your found family. Um, yeah, I think that those last two, no offense, Eddie, but I, I think those last two have the most legs in terms of yeah. being games yeah. that could be things. Um, I, think, I don't even remember what my first game was. That was an hour ago, and it, right. it's early for me. <laughs> I know mine was about playing a lot of people in one body in a utopia. Yeah, That's the main yeah, thing yeah, I remember. Yeah. Eddie's is prehistoric. I've, I've also, I think, forgotten yours. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it was, it was probably bad. That's okay. See, not all well, ideas was, are good. Oh, it was the it was the um the time loop spycraft oh. game. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't very good. I th- I think it would work better as a video game. Yeah, absolutely would. I often think that time loop stuff works works better as a visual thing, if possible, yeah, or, or or like a, a reading thing, because when you're trying to do it as a as a RPG in person, you're gonna forget details that you said last time. Yeah. So I, unless I, you're like reading off a script, it's hard. I yeah. have managed to pull off a time loop in role playing exactly once. It was actually for the Pugmire uh, Red Moon role playing game. Mm. Um, but the the cliffhanger, the game ended was when they realized it was a time loop. Oh. They, they, they got back to the very first scene. I had a very specific phrase I used at the beginning. I used that very specific phrase at the end, and then I ended the game there. And then it's the we're in a time loop, and that's the whole game. That's about the only time it works, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I like that though. I do. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for a six-month-old podcast, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that my my only thing, if I was to make my my final idea, would be to you know obviously distinguish it from all of the World of Darkness, Chronicles of Darkness, and Urban Fantasy stuff that we've done, uh, because there's a lot of those sorts of creatures already, kind of in our in our oeuvre. Yeah. Um, I do like the idea though. Like, it's a cool idea. For the matter of figuring out how to do it in an interesting and uh, novel way on some level. Right. But yeah. All right, cool. Well, that was our 2005th five-minute pitches <laughs> episode. Because <laughs> I don't remember what number we're on. And Eddie wrote 2000X in the uh, in the spreadsheet. So we're just going to go with that. Right. Um, so, uh, Eddie, where people find you, follow you, talk to you about your various game pitches. Oh my gosh. Um, so the best place to find me these days is my website, which is pugsteady.com. That's P-U-G-S-T-E-A-D-Y. 
Um, I have that name on some social media sites. I'm currently in the process of figuring out what's not Twitter site I'm using. Blue Sky seems to be the one that most people are gravitating to, but honestly, pick one, type it in there, see what happens. It's your best bet. Yeah. <laughs> and Danielle? Um, you can always find me at daniellelozon.com on the Discord, uh, Onyx Path Discord, and I've started to kind of dip my toe into Tumblr um, at Impernius. Um, mostly it's, uh, I won't say it's mostly me digging on D and D, but so far I've only made like 10 posts and half of them have been, been me digging on D and D. So <laughs> your mileage may vary. <laughs> All right. You can find me at Dixie Cyanide pretty much anywhere there are at symbols. Uh, the discord is the best place to talk to me and the Onyx path cat channel. What, what was that? Eddie? I'm just laughing because that's about right. <laughs> oh yeah I, anywhere there are ad symbols that, that's fine uh i i am also on blue sky which i am enjoying so far as a twitter alternative but you know whatever mm-hmm. we'll see where everything goes you can find us pretty much everywhere at the onyx path and obviously you know hang out in the discord we're all there that's a good place to talk to all of us uh as always many worlds one path cast.